You're listening to a sermon from Low Country Community Church. We pray God uses it to help you grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like more resources or to give to our ministry, please visit our website at lowcountrycc.org. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on our weekly uploads. Well, Happy New Year, Low Country Community Church. My name is Will Hobson. I get the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at LCC. And I hope that you've had an incredible Christmas experience here at LCC. Whether you were able to join us in person or you've been joining us online. And right now, whether you're watching from your couch right here in Bluffton or you're going to or from family or somewhere on the other side of the world, we are so glad and thankful that you have made our church at home experience an important part of your holiday season. We know that there's a lot of things that are going on. And so it is incredible that you've taken the time to be here with us this morning. And I hope that it's a great encouragement and a blessing to you as it will be for me as well. Recently, I heard a story about a Navy submarine called the USS Squalus. And in 1939, it was doing a test dive off the coast of New Hampshire in the Atlantic when very quickly during the dive, something went wrong. Water began to fill in the engine room and the crew very quickly had to make a decision to seal off the portion of the submarine that was taking on water. 33 crewmen were able to get inside the airtight pocket of the front chamber of the USS Squalus as the Squalus began to sink to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. As it was sinking to the bottom of the ocean, the 33 crewmen began to lose hope. Over the next several minutes, a, a boat or two was able to arrive to the Squalus and to assess the damage. But by the time that they had arrived, the USS Squalus had sunk to the bottom floor of the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of New Hampshire. As they were there, the divers quickly began to get into the water and to dive as quickly as they could down to the USS Squalus in hopes that they could see if there was any surviving crew. As they got near the USS Squalus, they began to put their ear as close as they could to the submarine when they began to hear a code that was familiar to them. You see, inside of the, inside of the Squalus, there was a group of 33 men who were still alive. And they began to use Morse code, and they began to just say four simple but profound words. Is there any hope? That was the question that the 33 men wanted to know. Is there any hope that we will be able to survive? Any hope that we will be able to live? Is there any hope that you will be able to rescue us? Thankfully, to which the divers were able to answer, yes. And over the next several hours, the divers and a crew, through miraculous technology that had, been, that had taken place, were able to rescue the 33 crewmen that were trapped inside the airtight container one by one. Is there any hope? This is a question that you or I may have asked at some point in our lives, and it may be a question that we're asking today, given everything that is going on in our world, everything that's taken place over the last several months to now, is there any hope? 
And what I want to encourage you with today is that I believe that we have the answer to that question. And just as the answer to that question for the men who are trapped at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean in the USS Squalus were answered yes, I believe that we can say yes, there is hope for our world today because of what Jesus has done for us. And over the next several minutes, what I want to do is I want to take a look at what Jesus has done through the Gospels in order to encourage us that there is hope for us as followers of Jesus today. You see, this idea of hope is a unique word in, in the Gospels, and it's actually only used two times. And so while the word hope is unique to the Gospels, the idea of hope is prevalent throughout. From the very beginning of Jesus's life to him going to the cross and raising again three days later, hope is woven throughout the story of the Gospels. Throughout the Gospels, we see that there was hope when a baby was born in a manger and the wise men came to see. There was hope when Jesus healed the sick, when he, when he healed the leper, and even when he healed a servant. There was hope when he raised the widow's son from the dead, and there was hope when he opened the eyes of the blind. There was hope when he fed 5,000 people with a kid's lunch. There was hope when Jesus cast out a demon. There was hope when a ragtag team of 12 disciples would leave everything they had to follow him. And there was hope when Jesus went to a cross for our sins. And oh boy, was there hope when he rose again from the grave and appeared before the disciples. And if we see all throughout scripture, time and time again, that there is hope in the gospels, if there is hope throughout this book, then there is hope for you and for me. There is hope for the weary, the broken, the hurting, the tired, the lonely, the sick, the imprisoned, the addicted, the distraught. There is hope for the anxious. There is hope, not that everything is going to go exactly how we think that it ought to, but there is hope that the God of the universe, the one that created you and that created me, is in control of everything. And if he's in control of the world that we are in, then that is a good place for us to be. There is hope. And his name is Jesus Christ, the son of God, the savior of the world, the one true king. We've had an incredible Christmas time around here at Low Country. And every Christmas, as was custom, the king of England would address the nation. And in 1939, this was no different, except in 1939, the World War II was in its height. And so the king, King George VI, decided that he wanted to take this Christmas message and he wanted to give hope to his nation. He wanted to give hope to the world because he knew that in a world that is anxious and unsettled and uncertain, hope was the answer. And so King George did what any good father would do. He took something that his daughter had taught him through a poem that she had shared with him called God Knows. And he used that to not only be an encouragement to his own heart, but to be an encouragement to a whole nation. And in turn is now a poem that is shared at the turn of the new year, year in and year out for the last several decades. I want to share with you a part of the poem that King George shared with the nation today. 
It says this. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Did you catch that? Go out into the darkness, go out into the unknown, and to put your hand into the hands of God. And what this poem teaches us is that that is a better way for us to go, to be in the hands of God than to be given a light and a known path for us to take on our own. So this year, I want to encourage you that you take a step of faith in 2024. Not that you go in and you try to move forward in the way that you think that you ought to, but that you go to God the Father and you say, God, put me in your hands because that is the place where I can find hope. And if this is the place that I can find hope is in the hands of God, then whatever may come, I can move forward with my life, honoring and glorifying the one who is in charge of it all anyways. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So our faith should be the avenue, the vehicle through which we move forward with our life. Not living in fear or doubt or anxiety or uncertainty of what the future may hold, but trusting the one who is in control of the future. Being in the hands of God is a better place to be than having confidence to walk on our own into this next new year. I've heard it said before, and I love this phrase, that he's been faithful to us before, he'll be faithful to us again. He's been faithful before, he'll be faithful again. We see these moments throughout the Gospels where Jesus showed up, where he was faithful, where he showed hope to those who had no hope, that he showed life to those who had no life, that he showed miracles to those in desperate need of a healing touch. Jesus is the one who can bring hope to a weary and a broken world. Right now, what we want to do over the next several minutes is we want to move into a time of taking communion with one another. And so if you are prepared, go ahead and grab the elements for communion. Grab some bread and grab some juice. And if you're not yet prepared, go ahead and press pause on the video right now and go to your kitchen and grab some bread and juice. Any type of work. Well, you and I may have no idea what 2024 has in store for us, for our nation, or for the world, but what we do know is the one who is in control of it all. That we serve and we trust and we know a God that loves us, that cares about us, that wants to be in a relationship with us. And any time that we as a church take of communion, we do this in a way to remember what Jesus has done for us. 
as I mentioned earlier, Jesus did a lot of miraculous things in his, in his short time doing earthly ministry. But what we see in the Last Supper, as Jesus gathers his disciples before he will ultimately go to the cross and then to the tomb, is he gathers his disciples together and he has a Last Supper with them. And the 12 disciples are gathered around Jesus and he begins to teach, as he often does, about who he is and what he came to accomplish. And today, as we get the privilege of taking of communion, the bread and the juice, we do this in a remembrance of what Jesus has done for you and for me. It's a moment for us to be able to just slow down, to reflect on what God has done over the course of our life, over the course of this last season, to be able to look back with thanksgiving for what God has done for us. But then also for us to look forward and to look ahead with anticipation for what he is going to do next. We eagerly anticipate his imminent returning. And so we, do, we take this communion, we take the bread and the juice today with anticipation and remembrance. And so as Jesus did with his disciples during the Last Supper, he takes the bread. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, it says this. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is being given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Right now, let's take of the bread together this morning. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Right now, would you take the juice and do so in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us? And as is tradition here at LCC, anytime we take of the bread and the juice together, we take our cups and we raise them up to the heavens and we say together in unison, next time with Christ. So if you would, wherever, wherever you're joining us from, would you raise your glass and say with me together, next time with Christ. You see, communion today is a unique opportunity for us because we are gathered literally all over the world through the gift of technology. And while we do this, I think it is a beautiful picture of the global church because we, as followers of Jesus, are taking of communion together all around the world with our brothers and sisters in every time zone, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, we are taking communion together. And what a beautiful picture it is. And we eagerly anticipate and await the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And we even believe that the next time that we take communion with one another could be in the presence of Jesus Christ himself in heaven. And so as we wrap up this church at home experience, I just want to read a blessing and an encouragement to you found in the book of Romans. In, in chapter 15, verse 13, for us to close out our time together today. It says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Well, Happy New Year's, church. We love you so much. We will see you next Sunday.